We have a 10-minute speaker today, Deborah Blanchard. Come on up, Deborah. So I'm going to give you my testimony, one of them. And this was the one that the Lord laid on my heart to share. Um, there's several I could share, but I think this is the one. This spans um, decades of my life. And um, you know, the word says, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So when I went back and kind of did my homework on my life, I would recommend doing a biography, your own biography. And, and then I learned that, I, that the Lord didn't answer one of my, one of the words that he give, gave me, he didn't answer till 20 years later. And so I'm going to read a few scriptures that have been dominant in my life. And as I wrote them down, what I began to see is I'm going to try to give you a really quick rundown of a little timeline of what the Lord did in the course of my life from speaking his word to me and then the fulfillment of that word. I'm now retired. That word has been fulfilled. It's been completed. So that's what this testimony is about. So um, a testimony is evidence. It's proof. These are the things that I'm about to tell you that are true in my life. They actually happened. And so my favorite scripture, um, there's several I'm going to read. I'm going to try to read them real quick. But Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what had happened, the Lord had given me a dream, and this dream uh, span the course of about 40 years. And so that this dream came to pass. And so another one says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the foundation of all this goes back to hearing him, letting him lay the foundation, and then him fulfilling uh, to bring to pass the word that he spoke. Um, another one of my favorite scriptures are, Though that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings of eagles. And so as I've waited... For God, and you know, you don't even sometimes waiting is is not pleasant. But He's fulfilled His word. So I'm going to share a dream real quick. So the dream was, and I had this dream, I think, in 1975, 76. I came to the Lord in 72, and um, so four years later, God gives me this dream. And the dream had three parts. The first part was, I'm not going to tell you the dream because it was very figurative, and you would not get out of it what the Spirit of the Lord told me it meant. But it had to do with we were going to go through financial distress. I mean, bad distress. I mean, we were going to lose. It was going to get squeaky tight. So the second part of the dream was, um, we're, we're going through a tight season financially, only it's not as quite as bad. The third part of the dream was Mike and I walk through a threshold financially free the rest of our life. That's the foundation of what I'm about to share that actually took place in the next 48 years, and the Lord brought it to completion. And so, um, so I had that dream, and so around Christmas time, I'm reminding the Lord, Lord, this didn't get as bad as you said it was going to get. He said it was going to get squeaking tight. Well, I'll tell you, it hadn't hit yet. And I kind of chuckled to myself, you know, ha ha, didn't get bad, Lord, but it actually did. We were wiped out. We lost everything. I was pregnant with Jonathan, and we had to move in with my parents. And so we move in with them. And um, so Jonathan is what? He's going to be 43 pretty soon. So that's like 43 years ago. So then... Um, I am a software. I'm a retired software developer, and my heart of hearts was that, that I couldn't get out of my heart this desire to program. 
I went to school for it in 69 to 70. And I said, God, I said, I, I said, just take this idol out of my heart. I don't want it. But it never went away. And so um, it actually t- took me 20 years to get into that profession from the time that I went to school. They didn't hire women at the time. Michael and I met at school. He got all the job offers, and I didn't get anything, zilch. So we moved here to North Carolina. The Lord moves us here. Uh, sovereignly, and um, I apply for this programming job, and the Lord says, you didn't get this job because I love you, and I was brokenhearted that I didn't get this this job that I applied for, so now I go to an agency, a temp agency, and they, they, um, they call me 10 months later. Well, I knew in my spirit when I went for this interview that I, was, I had the job, and I downplayed it because I didn't want it, and so I came home. I said, I'll just cry, get it out of my system. And before I could do that, they called and said, you got the job. Well, the Lord said to me, you got this job because I love you. What this job did, I had three children, and I couldn't go back to school and get a degree. I had an associate's degree, but I couldn't get a master's or anything. And so the Lord let me go into a place that he knew. I said, after I don't know how many years I'd worked there, and I said, hey, can I take your IBM manuals home? Can I study them? So that's what I did. They said, yeah, sure, we don't care. So I took their IBM manuals home and got myself current. And so I began to do light programming for them because the Lord knew I could not go back to school with three children. It just wasn't going to happen. So he made a place for me to learn on the job site. Well, they actually, as a temp, they actually opened up the door for me to get a job that didn't even exist. They thought I was super smart. I, and I'm, I'm really not, okay? Um, and, and that's the truth. I'm really, I'm really not. But what it is, my desire to do something superseded my intelligence. And that's really true. Your desire will take you places that your mind cannot. Because what happens when you have that desire, it will stick with you. You will burn with it. You will, tr- you will keep pounding that door till that desire is fulfilled. And the Lord actually put that desire in my heart because he wanted to bless me. Because he said, financially free, you're going to come to a place where you're financially free. And so he, he fulfilled that, that walk. So I get this job, and so now the next job didn't seem like the Lord, but I go, and now I am uh, doing developing software in my own time. Okay, I didn't know at the time that if you want to own the rights to your software, you need to get that agreement in before you walk through the door. And so I didn't know that. And so I'm proving to myself, I can do this. And I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to make it happen. I didn't care how much I had to study, how much I had to do it on my own time. I was going to do it for free because I wanted to prove to myself I could program. So my old boss comes in, and now he offers me a job. And... He, he says to me, he said, well, how much do you want me to pay you? Well, I had a figure in my mind, but he said, well, how about I give you this much money? I said, it was $7 more an hour than what I would have given myself. So, so that, you know, so now I've got this job. And so he actually charged more for me to walk through the door in one of our particular accounts because he didn't want the account. But that account became my bread and butter. And so when I came into this account, because I was a consultant, I came into this account, and after a month, one of the ladies there that's their software developer in-house, she quits. She goes to work for Reed's Jewelers. And so in the course of time, that opened up the door for me to be there three and a half years. I was only supposed to be there one month. So the next thing that occurred was that 
she comes and she says, how about would you like to come to work for Reed's Jewelers? And I said, no, I'm not interested. I don't think so. And so I'm walking through my house, and the word of the Lord comes to me, and he says, I want you to pray for that job. So I began to, and that's the first time the Lord has ever said, I want you to pray for this. And so I began to pray for this particular job. And I didn't know whether I prayed wide, high, long, or short, but I prayed. So they come back, and they um, now offer me a job. And they offered me a job taking a $10,000 year cut in pay. And I said, I don't think so. I said, this isn't going to happen. So the day that my boss says to me, I don't have any more work for you, they come, they call me. They said, meet us for breakfast. So they, I meet them for breakfast. They came up with the same wage I was making. And I started the next work day. And so the Lord opened up that door. And he really blessed me in, you know, in the workplace. And all my training occurred in the workplace. It didn't happen in the church. For the first 25 years of my life, I walked alone with the Lord. I wasn't grafted into the church. I, wasn't, I didn't have friends. I didn't have anybody to pray with. I just didn't have anybody but him. And even when I threw, went through the rough waters, it was just me and, me and the Lord. And so, so I get this job, and within 18 months, I'm, I'm voted employee of the year by my peers. And I make the comment, I said, you know, anybody, I said, I said, this was a setup. The Lord set me up. Anyone who had walked into that position, there was so much stuff to clean up, they would have been voted employee of the year. I mean, that's the kind of the way I looked at it. So the Lord was faithful. And so here I am, you know, we were, when things got tight, we didn't even have grocery money. The Lord would say, um, give your turkey away. And so Michael said, no, we're not going to give our turkey away. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and and I said, okay, Lord. So then finally, Michael, he says, I think we need to give our turkey away. So we give our turkey away. Well, five of my neighbors got together and brought us groceries. And among that, those groceries was a ham almost to the price of the turkey. And what was funny is um, we were on food stamps. I mean, this was the second round of being tight financially. In fact, it was so tight, I quit going to the grocery store. I got so depressed. I said, I'll send Michael, let him go to the grocery store, because I just did not want to go, because it was so depressing of all the things you could not buy. It was like slamming me in the face constantly. I can't buy this. You know, when things get tight, one of the things you don't buy, you don't buy um, paper towels. You don't buy tissues. You just buy toilet paper, <laughs> you know? And so it was one of those seasons where you just, everything I bought was um, directed by the Spirit of the Lord because he knew what I could not buy. So I would only buy anything because his spirit allowed me to, and he said, this is what you can do. And when things were tight, we paid bills. We didn't, we didn't buy food. We just paid bills. So we never had bad credit, even, the, even in the squeaky, squeaky season of being financially distressed. But that season was quite long. And so I get this job, and, and now it's the breakthrough. And so the Lord did it in, um, in ways that really directed my steps. And so, um, so I get this job working for Reed's Jewelers, and now I'm retired from them, okay? Um, I retired a couple of years ago. And so, and so, but one day I'm going, I'm going to go back because I forgot to say this, but one day I'm going over Wrightsville Beach Bridge. And in my life, there have been times that the word of the Lord has come. 
There's no other way to describe it. You're walking through someplace, you're minding your own business, and all of a sudden the word of the Lord will come. And you recognize it as that. It is the word of the Lord. And every time that has occurred, it's always been 100% accurate. They never felt, it never fell to the ground, ever. And so I'm walking over Wrightsville Beach Bridge, and the word of the Lord comes to me, and he says to me, he said, I've given you the desires of your heart. And I said, yes, Lord, I acknowledge. I said, you absolutely have. You've given me the desires of my heart. And then he says, it's time I give you the desires of my heart. Now, I am not sure yet if I have the desires of his heart. I think it's something I'll recognize and know when I'm operating in the desires of his heart. But, I, but that's still a gray area, but I believe that is coming. It's still to come. And so, um, so that, that season passed, and we are financially free. We have been financially free for over 20-some years. Out of, we've not had debt. And so the Lord was faithful to that word from the very beginning. He strategically directed me to pray for things that because there needed to be an obstacle removed. And so I had his course. And so here's, here's my challenge to you. I looked back and I said, oh my gosh, Lord, it wasn't 10 years that I had to wait on you for, to fulfill a word. It was 20. There were things that I've waited on for 14 years for him to fulfill, but they were fulfilled. Um, even in prayer this morning, the scripture came, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Well, one of the reasons I came in when I got this job at Pepsi they thought I was really smart. I was in a place with the Lord, a really special place that it was like it was like Enoch walking with God or like Adam before the fall. And I walked there for 11 months prior to my getting this job. And, and it was incredible. Everything was instant. Knew the difference between the Father's voice, Jesus' voice, and the Holy Spirit's voice. And this morning is the first time, and I was in my, I was about 32 when that occurred, so that's more than double my life. But this morning is the first time the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is before me. And, and Father, I thank you that this testimony is about you speaking, me getting it by grace that I heard you, and then you fulfilling your faithfulness to me in the course of my life. My challenge to you is this. Go back and look at the things that the Lord has spoken to you. Look at the things that he has given you that's part of your spiritual DNA. And remember the things that he gave you that you walked in. There were things that I walked in then because I really believe that he gave you these nuggets along the way. They might be onesies. But God is getting ready to take those onesies in our life. And, and I believe is that he's getting ready to make them an everyday occurrence. And that's, that's our hope. And so my encouragement to you is whatever he has given you that you know that you've heard him say to you, he is faithful to fulfill it no matter how long it takes. He will bring it to pass. And let me see if there's anything else I missed. Um, I don't think so. And so I, I just am, we all have a testimony. And we all have a testimony that he's completed. There's a testimony that I used to say, Lord, it's not good enough yet. I can't share that testimony because it's not good enough yet. When he fulfills his word to you, it will be good enough. It will satisfy. Now, the next season is, 
you know, he said to me one time, he said, um, ask for anything you want. And I said, whoa. I said, okay, I asked for a car and a house. And I said, so the next day I read Solomon, and Solomon asked for wisdom. And here's what the Lord said. He said, I asked you in a time, and we were really poor when this occurred. He said, I asked you in a time in your life when you would ask for those things. But there'll come a time in your life where you will never ask for those things. That word is fulfilled. I have no desire to ask for things. My heart's desire is to see him and to know him. And that's the only one I have left on my radar. And that one hasn't, that has not been satisfied because we've had encounters in our life that have been mountaintop moments. And I believe that the Lord wants to take us to the mountaintop to where we remain there and not be on this yo-yo ride of up and down and up and down. So, thank you. Amen. Thank you, Deborah. It's awesome. Testimonies. We all have a testimony, right? How's everybody doing? Good to see everybody. Got some new faces. Glad to have y'all. I got my I got my adopted son. He's not really, but I take him as mine here with me. Very happy. Frank, say wave your hand, Frank. So glad to have him. I'm always happy when he's in town. So got my video game buddy. <laughs> hey guys, I got I got some st- I, there's, I had a dream this morning that I wanted to share, then I wanted to just ask any questions if anybody had before we transition out into what I think I may talk about. Good to have the Nunezes back. They're up there in the back. Say hey, everybody. <laughs> been a long time. If y'all have been here, if you're new here, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't know what I'm about. You wouldn't have heard me share a lot of stuff, but I've shared a lot of stuff over the last two years that I've been pastor, or almost two years. Uh, about just the climate in which we live in, the things that we're dealing with in the world. I've had a message a few months ago about the times that we live in really addressing the stuff going on in our country, and I think it's important that we do that. I'm never going to be shy saying what I think God's saying, even if it offends people, because if I were still seeking to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ according to the Scriptures. If God's saying it, I have to get behind it, whether it makes sense to my mind, whether it offends my heart, it doesn't matter. He is always right. And if God's saying something, that's what I'm going to say. And if it makes you mad, I'm sorry. But not really. <laughs> because, but see, because here's the thing. God offends our mind to reveal our heart. There's a lot of things that appear offensive, but that's a, that should reveal something that's not right in our heart. And so sometimes God will do things that, and I'll be honest with you, I think Donald Trump's one of those plumb lines for us. He's offensive, but he's offending our mind to reveal our heart. And he was sent by God, whether you like it or not. He was sent by God. And I know the, the Lord told me that in 2016 when I, I'm sorry, uh, 20, when was it? I think it was 2016. When I was praying about who to vote for, I did not care for Donald Trump at all. But I had the Lord wake me up in the middle of the night and speak to me about him. And um, within 30 minutes, someone had texted me the very thing the Lord had just spoke to me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Lord, is this really what you're saying? Holy moly. He, He tells me something. And in the middle of the night, while I'm spending time with the Lord and and get this download from the Lord on Donald Trump, when I didn't really care for the guy because I thought he was so arrogant, um, 
And then uh, someone texted me the very thing I heard from the Lord within about 30 minutes in the middle of the night. It was just, you can't make that up. So once I, once I got that, I got on board with what God was saying, and I, I, I allowed myself to change because I realized I don't see it all, I don't know it all. The early church would not have picked Saul of Tarsus to be the next apostle. They wouldn't have. He, you know, and so we don't see what God's doing. We don't know tomorrow, much less today, and so we have to get behind what God's saying. And uh, so anyway, the, r- the reason I'm saying that is because I've, I've shared some things about preparedness, about what we're about to go through. I'm going to share this real briefly. I had a dream back, well, if y'all been following Rick, he's been talking about a civil war coming for, uh, what, two years now or more? And um, I've said at least all this year, if not last year too, that I believe that we were already in it but it was not physical yet, and uh, but I but this past uh, I guess it was June maybe I'd had this dream where it was nighttime and I was telling my brother and I had the Holy Spirit in the dream beside me and I was talking to my brother about that we needed to be prepared for when this um, Trump was going to let everyone know about a. Um, um, basically an insurrection that began to take place where they came to to literally take physically take him out of office and he was taken to a um another place out of he was not in DC he was in a other place under uh you know protocol for protecting the president when things go crazy and um and he was alerting the the nation to know that it had that the civil war had begun and that there was a physical civil war that was taking place. In the dream, it was very unsafe to travel, and people were not traveling. Most people tra- that traveled had guns on them because it was so dangerous to travel. And in the dream, this is going to get encouraging. <laughs> so just hold on. Uh, in the dream. Um, you know, it, it like uh, there were neighborhoods that were in the. It was nighttime in the dream, which I think speaks of the season of, of darkness that we're in, and we are in a season of darkness. I mean, you know, but but remember Isaiah sixty, when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people. You remember that scripture says, "Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is." Is risen upon you. For behold, deep darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the glory of the Lord shall appear upon you. So, in the time of the greatest darkness, we should have the most hope, to be the most happy, excited. God is moving; He's doing stuff, and harvest time is here. Harvest time is here. So, we should look at this as opportunity, not as "Whoa, is me." That kind of tells you your mentality. When you've got a kingdom mentality and you've matured in the Lord, you're not so much concerned about you. You're trying to reach others. And we need to be living like that where our heart is fixed on seeing the kingdom come and established in other people's lives and help people's life. And at the time of great shaking, people's lives are being rattled and the things that they've been trusted in are being fallen to the ground. Hey, it's a great opportunity to reveal to them a rock that can't be shaken. And so here's our, here's our opportunity. And we're, we're in that season. So in the dream... Christmas lights were being put up, but they had not been fully put up. So like all these people were decorating Christmas lights. They were halfway put up. And that the dream ended. And I felt like the Lord was showing me timing on, I feel like this dream is from the Lord. Now, if it don't happen, then I guess the dream wasn't from the Lord. I don't know. But this is what I dreamed. 
I felt like that's timing, that when it's time for Christmas decorations to go up, that's when this thing's going to break out. Okay. So I've had this in my head, and when I came, I was coming home from work after having, I had this dream, I go to work, I'm coming home from work, my wife's in the kitchen, I go up to her, and I said, uh, I was about to tell her, I think we should go ahead and order some Christmas presents for the kids uh, now, because in my dream, you know, because in the dream that I hadn't told her yet, you know, the travel was not safe, I really was concerned that there would be no deliveries and things like that coming because of, uh, uh, you know, a, that being cut off. I mean, if you look at what COVID did with deliveries and stuff, how much more if an actual civil war breaks out in our country, right? So I was telling her, I was going to tell her, I think we need to order some Christmas presents and go ahead and have that set up so we're, the kids don't, you know, so we got some stuff for them. Um, so um, as I was about to tell her this, all of a sudden, this thought goes my th- through my head. She's going to tell you that. And before I could open my mouth, she says, hey, I think we need to go ahead and order the kids Christmas presents. <laughs> that, to me, confirmed my dream, and it confirmed that, we, that this is coming to me. So I, we did that. All right. So we've been prepping a little bit. Not out of fear, because I'm not in fear. I God, I've had God put money in my wallet when there was no money there. So, I mean, I'm not worried about the Lord's got us. But if, you know, it doesn't hurt for me to have some canned beans on, on, in the shelf. If, I, if we don't need it, then I'll, you know, I got a good supply for us to eat off of. But if we need it, man, I'm glad I don't have to go to a grocery store and wait in line when the delivery truck has only come once a month, or if that, and there's thousands of people waiting in line trying to fight for food and I don't have to get in that because I prepared so I that was my mentality that's what I was thinking I have been very concerned about the the economy and money being lost out of the banks in December uh Deborah had a dream about that that I've I don't know if that's the way she interpreted it but it's the way it hit me and uh and I've had some other things so I was concerned about uh if money was actually going to be gone in the bank accounts at Christmas time. I don't have a word from the Lord on that personally, but, I, but I've been concerned about it. I'm trying to give you my mindset so to set the stage for the dream I had this morning. All right, so this morning, I dreamed, and here's the encouragement, encouraging part. <laughs> no, this com- what's coming is the encouraging part. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, this morning, I have a dream that um, basically I was in New York staying somewhere. It was not my, I don't, it was not my home, but it, I was traveling and I was staying in an apartment. It was very typical New York style. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, a, you know, New York City street. Uh, it was an apartment building, you know, it was a, one building on the street and it, it held multiple people in the in the and uh, in the dream it's nighttime again and I'm I'm we're I'm about to go to sleep and I was rooming with someone and they were asleep and I'm thinking and I have the thought in the dream man what would happen if it caught on fire and I thought hmm we should I should be able to get, I need to get my stuff out so I'm having this thought and when I do I look over at the window and literally the whole wall is on fire. And there's like this huge flame of fire. The whole building had caught on fire. 
And I knew instinctively in the dream, both sides of all the walls were on fire. And so it was like, oh, crap, we got to get out of here. And so I'm waking this guy up. I get him to wake up and he, he, to get him out so we can leave because for our safety. And so he, he, go, he leaves, and I'm thinking, and I'm about to go out the door, and I look down and see all my stuff. And I'm thinking, hmm, well, you know, I can just leave it in all in here. I can't get it all. I could just leave it. The insurance will cover it. And I thought, no, I should take what I can get. So I started grabbing a few things. I grabbed my business. I have a book that I use for my, my company. I have a construction company, and I, I keep all my paperwork in it. So I grabbed it. I grabbed a bunch of clothes that I could grab really, whatever I could grab quickly, thinking, hey, I, a little bit, it'll be a little bit less of the loss. But I knew in my head that all my stuff was going to get burned up. And so I'm going outside, the, and I, I get out, and I go outside, and the next thing you know, somehow or another, by some miracle, the fire people were able to put the fire out, and it didn't consume the building, and I was able to go, we were allowed to go back in the building, and I went back in, and it was like, man, I, I didn't lose anything. All my stuff was still there. And so I had this dream, and I'm waking up this morning, so before my eyes are even open, when I became conscious, all of a sudden, I am staring in my mental eye. You know how you are when you're asleep, you're, you're, you're waking up, you're starting to become conscious, and immediately this picture pops in my head of this kangaroo dressed in the American flag. And, I, and I'm opening my eyes, and I'm like, what? And then I just hear the saying, bounce back. And I'm thinking, okay, okay. And I start thinking about it. Well, I went and, you know, I grabbed my Bible. I went into my office to try to prepare for today. Um, and I began to think about this dream and just my mentality and what I think the Lord is saying. I think there, there's a mess. I think those are tied together, the dream I had and then what I was seeing as I was waking up. Our house is on fire. Our country is on fire. And there will be a disruption in our life. Okay? But we will not lose anything. God will restore. He's not even going to have to restore. We're not going to lose it. The, the fire is going to be put out, and we're not going to lose it. And I really felt like this was tied to America and what we're going through because of the, what I saw as I was coming out of the dream waking up is that the kangaroo, it was the American flag, and we're going to bounce back. And I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage us. So here's, here's why I'm sharing this. We are about to have a disruption. We are about to go through something. But God is with us. And he has promised that he is going to recover. And, re and we're not going to lose what we think we're going to lose. We, just, we need to practice these three rules. And this is my message here, what I'm about to share. These three rules for living for the Christian walk. And we're going to be okay. Now, there are a number of scriptures that I've, I've preached on to encourage us. One of them you want to get familiar with is Psalms 27. Psalms 27 is such a key verse for this time. And, it's, and I've already preached on this. So I'm not preaching on it again. Go listen to the message. But I just want to read it real quick. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? 
When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumble and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek. Notice he's saying this in the midst of war. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. Does that sound like any other scripture verse we know of? Psalms 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my fortress, right? God is our protection. If we're abiding in him, he's got us. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle, and in the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock, and, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy, and I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. In the midst of difficulty, war breaking out all around him, his focus is on seeking the face of the Lord. That's why he has this confidence, because his eyes are on the right thing. It's on him. And if we keep our eyes on him, we're going to be fine. It's keeping our eyes on him, abiding in him. I, I want to read this whole thing. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsaken me, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me. Oh, yeah. And such as breathe out violence. I love this next verse. Check this verse out. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what? I would have despaired with what was going on in our country if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Everybody say goodness. goodness. We're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We're going to see it. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be despairing at things. We are going about to go through a war. I promise you. I, I believe that with all my heart. But it's okay. God has already determined that the, we're going to come out of this thing better than we were. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. All right, so kind of as review, um, you know, we have three things at this church that we've set as our vision and our goal. We're not interested in services that go like the services are supposed to go. That's not our goal. Our goal is number one. This is the priority, number one. 
We want to cultivate the presence of God in this place. We want God to be welcome here. We desire to feel his presence, to encounter him, for him to come like Moses prayed, Lord, if you don't go with us, do not send us up. I want to be with you. I want you to be in our midst when we get together, Lord. And we know that he is because we're two or three gathered in his name. There he is in the midst. But there's a manifest presence that can come that we're seeking that is that's where we are encountering him and his presence. That needs to be our number one goal in life as believers. Are we that we're pursuing his presence? Are we, are, and I, I'm, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but are you experiencing his presence every day in your time alone with God? You know, ask yourself that question. Now, there's always dry moments. I mean, we're, we're going to have those. But are you, are you growing from glory to glory? Are you getting closer? Are you in hot pursuit? Because we have what we seek. Jesus said, if you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will be open to you. He, he made no gray area here. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. There's no gray area. What are we seeking? What are we after? That's what Jesus asked the disciples of John when they began to come after him. He turned around. He said, what are you seeking? And that's a very important question. And I, and I like to ask myself that. What am I seeking? What am I after? Why am I come to church today? What did you come for? Did you come to hear something that, to stir you up? Or did you come to just because it's a religious obligation? Or did you come in pursuit of him? And the divine response, it was a divine response. I don't know if they knew that. But they said, when he asked them, what are you seeking? He said, Master, where are you dwelling? Where do you stay at? That's where we're seeking. Where are you staying, Lord? Where are you resting? Where are you? I want to be there. Wherever you are, that's where I want to be. I want to be in hot pursuit. And that's what David had in Psalms 27. It didn't matter what was going on around him. He stayed in hot pursuit of where is the Lord. I want to see this one thing I'm seeking. And I just want to ask you today, what are you seeking? Because you get what you seek after. If you say, I want more of God, but you're not getting closer to God, then I'm telling you, you're not seeking him. Because you draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So our number one thing is we want the presence of God in this meetings that we're doing. We want the presence of God in our lives. When I go to hang out with the Lord every day, I want to feel him. I want to connect with him. The second thing is we're trying to, we want to equip the, the saints for the work of service, according to Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 13. You know, our goal is to see that you guys, whoever's coming here as a part of this church, that you're being trained and equipped to grow in hearing God's voice, to minister to others, and to see the work of the kingdom advance, not just in these meetings, but in every place you go. Because real ministry, ministry happens here, but the real ministry happens out there. I mean, ministry happens here too. God's doing both. But it's what's going on out there that's making, I think, that's, you know, really what's important. You know, this is like practice. And, but out there's the game. You know, so we come in here to practice so that we can go out there and get in the game. Um, so all of you guys are called to full-time ministry. Every single Christian is a full-time minister. Your mission field may be the hospital. Your mission field may be uh, you know, the, the accountant's office where you work, or I mean, whatever it is, that's your mission field. And so we want to go, you know, you, you got to be engaged in your purpose. And 
The other thing is we want a healthy family and uh, a healthy body, that we have healthy relationships, that this church is not just an uh, organization, but that we are actually growing together, being knitted together. And because that's so important, because that's how the body's built up. So um, those are our three goals. We don't want to get beyond that. I don't want to ever really necessarily add to it. I mean, if the Lord does, that's fine. But I think if we focus on those three things and accomplish those three things, we're going to be what God wants us to be. Now, I want to break down those things a little bit, though. These three things are things that we have got to have in our life, what I'm about to say. Hear the voice of the Lord. Obey the voice of the Lord. Dwell in his presence. If you do these things, those three things, you're going to make it. Hear the voice of the Lord. Obey the voice of the Lord. You know, you can hear the voice but not obey. I've been there. I'm not casting stones. I've been there. But it's not helpful to hear his voice but not obey. You have to hear his voice and obey and then dwell in his presence. And I'm just encouraging you guys, do these things. Do these things. Hear his voice, dwell in his presence, and obey his voice, and you're going to see success in your life. You're going to go through whatever you have to go through in life, and you're going to be successful because God is always close to those who are close to him. The Lord is, uh, the other thing I saw this morning is um, I saw, you know, I'm very visionary. I've, I've always asked God to, to speak. I mean, for all my adult life, I've been crying out to the Lord to speak to me. I want to hear from God. I still, I'm hungry to hear from God. I love hearing God's voice. I love him speaking to me. And he doesn't always speak in a voice. Matter of fact, with me, I almost always see pictures. I will just, I'll be doing something and all of a sudden something will pop into my mind's eye that's so, I don't know how to say it, but it's loud. It's like it interrupts me, but it's not physical. I'm not physically seeing it, but something will pop into my mind that's so loud and out of uh, order, the ordinary of what I'm doing that it gets my attention. I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? And then the Lord will give me stuff. Um, I saw that again this morning. I saw like I was spending time with the Lord this morning, and out of the blue, I see this monkey wrench. How many know what a monkey wrench is? <laughs> you know what a monkey wrench is? It's a big, heavy-duty wrench, and it's used for undoing pipes. Another name for it is pipe wrench. Okay, But it's used for when your hands aren't strong enough to hold the grip to, to break something loose. And so you have to do this monkey wrench. It tightens up to where it's so tight that you can now, your hand strength is not needed. You just turn it, which I think is a message to us. Our hand strength isn't enough to do what we got to get done. What we can do with our own strength won't get it done. But God has given us divine weapons that are divine. And he's given it to us to break loose things that won't come free. There's stuff right now, if you've ever been, if you've done remodeling or any type of mechanical work, you've come across that crazy nut that won't come off. It's rusted and corroded, and you can't get that thing, and you know, you're, you're fighting it, and you've done, the, the, the wrench has slipped, and you busted your knuckles, and you're cussing, and you're, <laughs> and you're angry. Has anybody ever been there? I've been there, Okay. These monkey wrenches are intended to tighten up on those things so tight that you don't have, it doesn't slip. And then you can bust, you can bust them three. So there's, it, it's like the go-to when you can't get something undone. 
And what does the scripture say? What we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, but what we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There is supernatural power that's been given to us as a church that we need to be using to bind things that are going on. I was telling a story to somebody today about uh, when I was a youth pastor, one of the guys in my uh, group had a, a, a girlfriend that they were starting to get very serious and they started talking about marriage a little bit, and all of a sudden she freaks out and gets really afraid, and they kind of, you know, he's in all distress because she's like backed off hardcore, and he's like, she's, and, he, and I was talking to him, he's like, man, she just got so afraid, and I said, look, you trying to talk her into something is not going to work. It's actually going to make it worse. L- let, her, let go of it, but here's what you need to do. Every day, numerous times a day, start binding the spirit of fear. Command the spirit of fear to be broken off of her. He started doing that. Within a week, all of a sudden, that thing lifted off of her, and, and they ended up getting married. And, and they're, you know, they're have, they have a bunch of kids, and they have a great life, and you know, it was just amazing. But the enemy had come to co- throw... There's another term for monkey wrench. <laughs> you know, throw a monkey wrench into the situation. But he was able to, bind, to loose and to bind, you know, and take spiritual authority over situations. situation. There's things going on in our country that we need to realize we have authority over as the church. There's so many things that affect people in the natural, and you think it's natural, and it's not. There's spiritual things going on, and we have to learn to discern those things so that we can bind on earth and it'll be bound in heaven and loose on earth and it'll be loose in heaven. We need to be doing this over our country. I've been, I've been binding and loosening over our country. And I've been declaring things over our country and we need to do that.